three famous guys going incognito on a mission to bring you the most compelling stories. Rags to riches, paranormal activity, comedy, drama, murder, sadness and drama. It's all right here. This is Three Famous Guys, the podcast where no topic is off limits. And now your hosts, the international men of mystery, Gus, Jim, and Mark. All right, my name is Gus, and this is Three Famous Guys, and with me today is Jim and Nicole. Mark is still traveling in Aruba. He is the traveling man, famous guys. So he's not going to be with us today uh, or on the next one that we're going to do today anyways. And Jim and Nicole, we're, we're actually interviewing someone from London, England today. So I know. How exciting. Yeah. and they're very exciting. And they're like six hours ahead of us. It's what, six? Uh, 6.20 there right now. So wow. uh, it's a little bit earlier. I mean, I just finished my coffees and then had to do all this. But Nicole is, oh, you got a different background today. So Nicole's with us and she'll keep us and Jim and me in line because uh, we need all the help <laughs> we can get. So, but anyway, today we are going to be interviewing a woman named Deborah Fanella. Is I'm, Am I saying that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And she, like I said, she's from London. She's a singer, songwriter, theater actor too. Yes. I'm a singer, songwriter, and also an actress, a model, a TV radio presenter, and um, always busy. <laughs> yes. Humanitarian as well, Gus. Right. So let me ask you this. Uh, is this the first podcast you've been on or have you been on more? I've been on lots. Uh, over lots years. of them. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we're going <laughs> to, you're going to tell us how we did compare to them. I hope not. <laughs> actually. You're doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, so far. Um, yeah, so this is our first time actually interviewing a singer uh, or someone oh. like you. The first time we've uh, interviewed someone overseas as well. So, so tell us, a, so, so part of our podcast is about, well, actually what we started for is to get people's story. So I know you're a singer, um, but we also want to get a little story. Now, I know that uh, you've told me a little bit on the telephone, uh, you know, about yourself, but I really don't like to know too much because I want to kind of be surprised and... <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's easier to talk about stuff when it's the first time instead of, you know, I already asked you that and you answered and now I'm going to ask you again kind of thing. So, and I'm not going to ask your age because you look like you're 21. So we'll just stick with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have grown children though, so, <laughs> so I'm not going to go there. What is your story? I mean, take us back a little bit before your singing career, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you started when you were real young, but tell us something a little more about yourself. Basically come from a family of singers and performers. From the age of three, I just loved singing as a child. My mom was a singer, or she still is a singer actually. My grandma had a beautiful operatic voice as well. So I've been brought up with like Dinah Ross and Supremes. My brother, Peter, always loved Michael Jackson. I used to love um, Kate Bush, Annie Lennox, and all different genres, to be honest. So when I was um, at, at first school, they, they realized that I could sing. So I got involved in the school choir and just loved obviously singing, dancing, acting and performing. So it really sort of started back from there, Gus, to be honest. And then going back in 1977, there was an advert in a local paper when we lived in Manchester. And it was for a TV modelling casting agency called Tuesday's Chart Modelling Agency. And my mum sent a photograph of myself. I was only seven at the time. And my mum had... She cut like a page boy hairstyle. So she sent it off to Jenny Wren, who's literally just started 
the actual TV modeling casting agency back in 1977. So I had to go along an audition in front of 500 children and she picked me out at 500 children and she loved the fact that I had dolly dimples and a simple page boy haircut so that's when it really sort of like started really from a very young age uh, you know and she sort of nurtured me I'd go backwards and forwards for castings I did a lot of modeling for catalogues like uh, K's and also Little Words as well I was on the front cover of Etch-a-Sketch and also they did a campaign in Manchester one Christmas I think it must have been around about 1978 or 1979 and it was the news round and they were raising money for many different charities so again Jenny sent me off for another casting they loved obviously my dimples and my page boy haircut so they said right we want Deborah Fenella you know to actually be the front of the campaign so what I had to do was go around all of the department stores in Manchester and Newsround would follow us around so I was actually sat on Father Christmas lap got lots of toys so I was very blessed <laughs> it was great fun so it, as I say it started from a very young age you know with the singing and the dancing and the acting and I, I pursued it from there but Literally, my mum decided to move from up north down to Camberley in Surrey back in 1979, towards the end of 1979. And Jenny wanted me then to go to London to do all the castings. And because obviously I was one of four, my mum said, to be honest, we're not as close like we were in, you know, Manchester. We just hop on the bus and we'd be straight there. You have to get the train back and forward. Fortunately, I had to say goodbye to Jenny, which was really sad because she nurtured me. She was my agent from a very early age. So I said to mum, right then. Okay, I'm going to keep up with my singing and with my dancing and musical theatre. So I get involved in that with school, joined a dancing team and we went out for the Summer Arts Festival in London at the Royal Albert Hall. And we actually came second and that was an amazing opportunity. And just getting on that stage, it was like, wow, this is amazing. So I had so much fun and then I'd continue obviously doing the musical theatre when I went on to middle school and then senior school and also taking part in obviously all the choirs and performing as well. And then I had a bit of a break because when I left school, both my cousins, they were hairdressers and they went around the world on the QE2 doing hairdressing and I've always looked up to them and I thought, wow, I'd love to do hairdressing because I always love, you know, obviously doing hair. So I went on the YTS scheme and I got a job in a, a local salon because we'd moved down to Dorset at that stage from Camberley in Surrey. So I'd go backwards and forwards to college and also work in the salon part-time as well. And I got really bad dermatitis in my second year. And I remember um, I was using like the perm solution. I got real bad dermatitis in my hands at the first layer of the skin started disintegrating and also got a star in my eye and my eyes started swelling up. So I went to the doctor and he said, unfortunately, you're gonna have to give up hairdressing because you're allergic to all of the products. I thought, oh no, right, what am I gonna do then? So I started getting back into the singing, doing karaoke, because as a child growing up, I always wanted to sing to the world and heal the world and make a difference. So I went on doing the karaoke and started working in estate agents. <laughs> I've had lots of different jobs over the years as a sales coordinator and a secretary for Fox and Sons, which was great fun because I, I loved obviously, you know, going around with the negotiators and doing the instructions and met some wonderful people as well. So I stayed there for a short while and then I decided um, to obviously change my path, work 
might be on the bar for a little while. And then my friend said, I want to go traveling. So she said, do you want to come traveling with me? And she'd gone away to Israel on a kibbutz. And then she went to Saint Tropez as well. So she was due to go off to Greece. And at this stage, I was 18. So I said to her, okay, nearly 19. I'll come out and meet you out there. So there was 10 of us and we set up with rucksacks and sleeping bags. And we went out to Greece to meet her. And I had like a three week sort of period where if I didn't like it, I could go back home uh, on my actual flight ticket. And my friend, bless her, who I used to work in the salon with that was already out there that I met, she broke her leg, unfortunately. So she had to cut her trip short in Greece and come back. So I decided I didn't want to stay out there without her. So I came back, so continued, then started having singing lessons and went back beyond the bar that was working as a bar supervisor in a pub and a nightclub. And when they used to do like karaoke nights, they say, come on, Debbie, get up there, you know, and start singing to everybody. So I'd get up and I'd start entertaining everybody <laughs> and singing to them and getting people up, you know, performing as well, which they did love. And then also I joined musical theatre as well and started performing on stage and then i had my daughter and my son because my husband joined the raf like i said to gus and at that stage i think i must have been about 26 when he joined the raf so we moved away to raf manston and then raf Bryce norton and he was a fireman there for four years so i i then started doing obviously the musical theater there and acting and it's never sort of like left me from a child sort of like growing up really i had my daughter and then we obviously moved to bryce norton after then then i had my son and then my husband went on detachment and when he came back my daughter didn't recognize him because he'd been away and he's like hi she was hiding behind me oh. and that broke his heart so he said i'm gonna pvr and come out he said you know the fact that my daughter is hiding away so he PVR'd and sort of said, I I'm going to pull out the fire service and leave the RAF, of which he did. So we were homeless for a little while and we contacted a local council back in Dorset. I want to stop you real quick. You were homeless, you said? Yes, we were homeless. Talk a little bit about that. What, what was that like? I mean, what was happening during that? Well, I time I say when my husband's PVR'd there's um I don't know if you've heard of it in obviously the UK there's a housing trust called Hague Housing and they house ex-servicemen you know when properties do come available and I'd put our name down on it um you know when my husband was talking about PVRing and just completely forgot all about it so we decided to put our name down on Paul Council in Dorset, which we did. They arranged to have a removal truck to come up, collect all of our furniture. And at that time, my daughter was three. My son was 18 months old. And I'll always remember it because it was literally just after New Year's Eve. It must have been just as the council offices opened around about the 5th of January. And we got down to Dorset just before they were about to close. And it was snowing outside as well. And the actual guy that my husband went in to talk to at the council, he said, I'm so sorry. He said, we've got nowhere to put you. So my husband said, what do you mean? We can't sleep in a car. We've got a three-year-old and 18-month-old child. And he said, we've got nowhere to put you. So I, I just sort of said a little prayer because I'm a spiritual person, asked the angels to intervene and let him have a heart. He, he went off and I, I said to myself, we can't sleep in the car because I think he was hoping our families were going to take us in. But unfortunately, there was no space in any of our families. So literally, as he was about to close the doors, he came back literally 10 minutes later and he said, I can't leave you sleeping in the car with a three-year-old and 18-month-old. 
he said I'm going to put you in a B&B in Boscombe so he gave us the details and we went off to Boscombe and with the actual B&B we had to vacate it from 9am in the morning until six o'clock at night so we, we weren't allowed actually in the B&B at all so it was blessed the fact that we was in the B&B but it was only a temporary measure and we had a, a guy that was suffering with mental health and he'd been sectioned previously and they had nowhere to put him and they'd put him actually in the bed and breakfast that we was in and where he you know he's maybe was schizophrenic or something but he started banging on our door like early hours in the morning and saying god give me back my soul and you know start smashing up his room and it, it was quite scary to be honest mm -hmm. you know and quite a daunting experience having a three-year-old sort of like not feeling safe and obviously my son who was only 18 months and one particular time this particular um guy bless him he had slashed the tires on his jeep outside and he didn't admit to it obviously the police were called and he was kicking off with the guy that was running the bnb and then we later found out that he had actually slashed those tires himself and he, he would confront us as we was walking up the stairs quite often to go to our room and my husband would sort of say just back off leave us alone and try and pick a fight with my son he was only like 18 months at the time but you know so it was quite a scary daunting time for us not having a, a proper home to live in uh, and you know at that time in my life you know it couldn't have got any worse really you know going from my husband being in the RAF to next minute being homeless you know not having a home having a three-year-old having an 18-month-old my husband didn't have a job at the time so you know um uh, the saving grace was the guy completely trashed his room and social services then basically said right we're gonna section him again and they, they put him back in to a place called St Anne's which is at Sandbanks in Dorset to obviously seek help because I kept praying for him as well it must have been awful for that guy you know suffering with mental health right. and having a quite often we'd think who's in his room he's talking to and there was nobody there you know so I, I feel really sorry for him as well you know because everyone's got a story to tell everyone's got a background mm -hmm. and then after being there for about 10 weeks we then uh, got a phone call from the council and they said right basically we have got another bnb we're going to move you to westbourne so they moved us to westbourne and at, at that time i'd go back with some forces spiritual church as well and just like praying for the angels please help us you know please sort things out and the actual bnb was actually around the corner from the hairdressers that i used to work in when i was doing my training and at this stage, I was, um, I think it's about 30. So I went back around and saw my boss. And I said, do you remember me? And he said, of course, I remember you. And I said, well, my husband's out of the forces now. I've moved back. And I, I really regretted the fact that I had to give up my hairdressing. I, I didn't complete my level two. So he said, I'll take you back on board. So I started going back, going full circle, back to the hairdressers, went back to college, doing my level two. And then at that stage, I, I had problems, obviously, with cysts and, you know, lots of operations. And they said, we're going to have to do a full hysterectomy. And I thought, oh, no. Hmm. And I was actually halfway through doing my level two. So I thought, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep, you know, persevering. And I did. I did fully qualify and complete my level two. And my boss at the time, he was going to sell salons. So I went to work in another salon. And at that stage, I was sort of thinking, I'm completing what I started, but I'm not fully fulfilled with what 
I really want to do. So I decided, you know, what can I do now? And I always wanted to help people. So I, I trained to be a Reiki practitioner and I, I trained right up to the level of master level and many different alternative therapists. So I started counseling people and healing people and helping people and writing poetry and writing songs and doing karaoke and having singing lessons and joined a local musical theatre group. And my singing teacher at the time, she said to me, I'm going to put you through all your grades. So I said, really, do you think I'm good enough? And she said, yes. So she put me straight in for my grade five through the, the Royal School of Music. And I went along, I had to learn five different songs and I qualified. So I was over the moon when I qualified. And then she said to me, right, what we're going to do now is we're going to put you through to level seven. So I said, oh, I said, do you think I'm good enough? She said, yes, of course you are. So she put me forward for my level seven. But also at that time, I thought, I'm just going to check to see if Tuesday's Child Modeling TV and Casting Agency is still going. And I'd always kept the photograph of me on Santa Claus's lap that my mum gave me. Mm -hmm. So I went on Google popped up Tuesday Child Modeling Agency. So I contacted my agent and at this stage I was 31 and I said, hi Jenny, do you remember me? I was one of your models when you opened the agency back in 1977. And she said, oh my God. She said, I can't remember what happened last year. She said, but I remember you. I still got the photograph of you sitting on, on Santa Claus's lap. So I thought, oh my God, what a sign. She said, you're going to join up. So I said, yes. Of course. So I joined back up with a casting agency. I went up to see Jenny at the Savoy Hotel in London and it was quite an emotional reunion, really. It was almost like we, even though I'd not seen her since I was nine, it, even, you know, looking back all of those years, it's like I'd only seen her yesterday because we just took off where we sort of left off, signed up with my children and backwards and forwards for castings as well with her. I say then I did my level seven and I passed it with a merit. Then I did my grade eight. And I passed it with a merit. And I was actually two um, points away from a distinction. So my singing teacher at that time, Sheila Warburst, she said to me, you're a semi-professional singer, Deborah. And this was literally going back in, I started my grades in 2010. And then 2012, once I completed my grade eight, she said, it's time now for you to go out and sing to the world. So I, I said, oh, maybe I could do my musical theatre sort of exams. And I said, no, get out and sing to the world. You wanted to do it as a child, you're ready. So I thought, okay, what can I do now? Where you go on, so, and we'll pick up from there in just a second. Um, so through the uh, being homeless and all that, and through that whole process, are there any songs that you've written that you've written maybe because of that time? Yes, well, um, I've got another story there. I can tell you lots of stories, Gus, because I've gone through so much in my life. That's why I dedicate my life to be of service and help people, because I've gone through so much. Um, going back in, I'm just trying to think now when I released it, I think it was 2018, just trying to remember now. We went off to Hamburg, and it, it was near Christmas. It was freezing cold, and they had quite a few refugees. And I've always been passionate about the homeless, obviously, after being homeless myself. If I see a homeless person on the street, I'm there, I'm feeding the homeless, giving them a hot drink, or giving them a blanket whatever i can do I, I, i'm helping them even when i worked on the radio um at hope fm in bournemouth mm -hmm. i'd take extra food to feed them on the way up to the actual you know radio station so go, going back to when we went to hamburg there was this homeless guy he was only young and he, he really sort of stood out to me bless him and i went up to him and i said to him why are you homeless and he said he you know had to flee his country and he came to hamburg in the hope to find a, a job and 
a, a place to stay, but he'd been unsuccessful. And I said, where's your family? And he said, unfortunately, I had to leave them all behind because they wouldn't come with me. So my husband and I, we fed him, we got a hot drink, and I said a little prayer. And I asked the angels to please look after him and watch over him. And I, I just felt quite you know, helpless at that time, to be honest, because obviously I wasn't from Hamburg. You know, I didn't know whether there's local charities in Hamburg you could call upon to help the homeless. And so many people just walking past him as well. And he, he had a, a sleeping bag, so he was all snu sort of snuggled up in this grocery sort of shop doorway. Anyway, that night I said, have a little prayer. And then the next day, when we was walking past, that there was lots of police standing around the door. I said to my husband, I hope that homeless man is okay. And he died. He died in the freezing cold. He froze to death. Mm. And he just broke my heart. So as we got closer, all of a sudden I could see his spirit had stepped out of his physical body because I do see spirit and I said a little prayer and he was he was in shock so he was like looking down at his body if you can imagine like the movie Ghost and one minute you're in your physical body and the next minute you're having an out of body experience your body's dead and you can't go back in so I said to him Basically, you've died, but your soul is still alive. So I said a little prayer called in Archangel Michael. And at that point, a beautiful white light came down and he stepped into the light. And I said to him, God's called you home at Christmas. You're no longer going to be alone. You've got somewhere to stay. And it was quite an emotional experience. So I decided to write a song about him. Wow. And I did. And what's the name and of that song? Homeless at Christmas and how that guy felt living on the streets and all he wanted was a place to call home and it got released into the music charts by K-Dragon who signed me up in 2018 and Gary Knight's amazing. He said to me, Deborah, I'm going to open your doors for you. You've got a lot to say to the world to help heal the world. And that was the very first song that I wrote that he actually launched into the music charts. Is that one of the songs that you sent me? No, it wasn't actually. I can send it across if you want. I've got my phone next to me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and send that to me real quick. I send it across quickly. Such a beautiful song. It's very, it's very emotional, Homeless at Christmas. But again, it, it just explains how homeless people feel, you know, when they, they've got no money and nowhere to go. That's amazing. That really is. Oh, thank you. Uh, Deborah, I wonder, I really related to a lot of your story. I did, a lot of people don't know this, but I did hair coming out. I was a hairdresser. And then I also got into like their Reiki and uh, like chakra and was a part of a group. So I understand. Oh. Spirit. I've always seen spirits since I've been a little kid. So I understand what that's oh. like and what you see. Yeah, it was like, wow you know because not a lot of people are going to get what that actually looks like you know it's not no. like you know a physical matter it's more the way you described it so that is absolutely beautiful and that you helped him go to the white light i, I think that's just unbelievably powerful so oh, thank you so so much to say it was just so sad it just broke my heart you know speaking to him one day and then the next day he's frozen to death and all he wanted was a place to you know call home so it's just De devastating to be honest i just think that's so amazing though you know that to be in that moment that has to be like the white you know standing above your body and then realizing oh I'm not there and you're there you know happen to be there i don't believe in coincidences i just i think everything lines up the way it's supposed to so it does and like you say it's, it's such a shock isn't it because anyone that's seen that movie you know um as, as i say 
goes and how he felt a lot of souls do actually go into shock um you know when they cross over very suddenly and yeah. you know it can be quite daunting so i just felt blessed that i was able to help him to cross over and send him into the light and he was no longer alone at christmas um i've actually found the music video gus if that helps him and i'll send that one across for you sure. so after that did he have any communication with you i mean you wrote a song no. about him that's that's really powerful when I wrote the song, um, I, I did actually link with him uh, and he thanked me because he said the amount of people that walked past him that day and I was the only one that noticed him with my husband. And it was almost like, I'm a true believer of fate and, you know, the law of attraction and good karma and yeah. cosmic ordering as well. And I just, to be honest, I felt so blessed. That the bless that I did meet him, that I could help him, that I wrote this song in loving memory. Because I've wrote, written quite a few charity songs. I do a lot for charity. Uh, and it's all about acts of kindness, isn't it? That the more good that we do and spread it around the world, then it, it encourages others to be kind to one another and to support one another as well. Because we can change this world, you know, through kindness. Right, exactly. Well, I did get that song through, so uh, let's go ahead and, and just uh, give it a whirl and play it for everybody. It's 2 a.m. in the morning As I huddle down on the pavement Holding tight Onto my old on blanket all alone I am homeless It's dark and cold outside The snow is falling Christmas is here Should be a time of goodwill and cheer Yet I'm alone At Christmas All it has done my That no longer last. What went wrong? Where has my life been and gone? Yet I'm alone at Christmas. I hear this song in my mind, hoping a happy ending at this time at Christmas. At Christmas.
sad happy and just it was just such a mix of emotion um oh, yeah beautiful absolutely beautiful and I, I felt like you know your connection especially like you know starting off your story and being homeless at Christmas and like just having the empathy that you've had for people is just absolutely amazing Deborah you're oh, you. beautiful yeah beautiful soul yeah, that was that was beautiful. And just so just so everybody else knows that uh, that was I played that uh, that was off YouTube. So if anyone, we're going to make sure length is in our the description of this podcast as well because you have a bunch of them out there. But uh, it's it's kind of funny because I know as soon as you start talking about seeing spirits, I knew I knew Nicole was going to perk right up. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because we know we know record. Yeah, I so, know it's you know it's not often when you run into the night. There's certain things that you can tell. And when I was watching you, it's like I almost, I knew. I knew there was a part of me that knew. So I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I felt like such a connection to you. Oh, thank you so much. I think, you know, as a child, didn't you? I mean, as a child, I always wanted to make people feel better. I wanted to sing to the world and heal people's broken hearts and broken minds as well. So everything I've gone through in my life, I've, you know, 
turn that, that experience and the knowledge and wisdom that I've learned from my own pain and suffering, because I've gone through an awful lot, you know, I, I've helped others and help them to turn their lives around. And I've studied the mind and how the mind works and how changing the thought process from negative back to positive, learned about consciousness as well. So I feel really blessed in all the wonderful opportunities that the angels have you know, brought into my path, even with the pandemic. And um, I had a rapper who signed to the actual label. And I said to him, I want to write a song to help people through the pandemic you know you can imagine the beginning of the pandemic that the world was in despair there was so much fear sweeping across the planet and there were so many people sadly crossing over as well which broke my heart so along with sending out healing each day and helping people i wrote another song co-wrote a song with rapper jd and we called it shine bright and he suffered a lot with mental health himself you know I, i've gone through mental health and either his hysterectomy you know family members gone through mental health as well so i decided we was going to write a song for heads together which is a duke and duchess of york's charity so i, I sent them a letter and i said hi i'm deborah finella singer songwriter i've written the song for your charity to, to help people through the pandemic and they said unfortunately during this time we, we can't get involved because everyone was an incomplete you know lockdown at that moment in time but thank you so much you know we will share it on our website send it to this email address which I did so it got released into the charts and again all of my songs are different you know tell different stories but also help you know across the board people no matter what they're going through in life and I thought right I want to do something completely different so could I teach meditation I do meditation myself and the power of thought and positive affirmations, I would sing that way. So rapper JD was like singing, and then next minute I was going, shine bright, see the light, step out the dark, into the light. When I wake up in the morning, when the sun is dawning, thoughts in my head, time to get out of bed, shine bright, see the light, step out the dark, into the light. So again, listen to that, it's like shine bright, see the light, step out the dark, because the, the world, it was in the dark because they didn't know what was happening that they were scared, you know. So the way that we did the song, it was very clever, to, to be honest. And radio stations were playing it across the board and they were saying, we love the way that you've done it because just like the hypnosis CDs with the positive affirmations, the way that you're coming in, you're doing something completely different. So that's what we did and we launched that back in 2020, um, which was a, a wonderful opportunity back then. And my latest charity song I wrote before Christmas and as I was writing it, my grandma in the realms of spirit and I called it Daddy Please Come Home It's Christmas to raise money for Bernardo's charity. She said, your dad's got terminal cancer and um, he's going to cross over after Christmas. At the time he didn't know he had terminal cancer. So I, I wrote the song and my wonderful friend who composed the music for Homeless at Christmas, who's a phenomenal composer, Mark Bustle and a wonderful friend and he's spiritual and he's been so supportive of my journey too as well as Gary Knight for K Dragon Records. He composed the music and we went into the recording studios we recorded it and then launched it into the music charts back in november to raise money for bernardo's and my dad sally blessed me cost over a few weeks ago mm. and he get diagnosed with terminal cancer bless him so again with that song it's all about this little girl and as a child she had both her parents she had a happy childhood for the first part of her early years 
And then sadly, her dad died, but her mum never told her because she was too young and she didn't want to upset her. So she said that dad had just gone and worked away. So each, you know, time she'd look out the window, especially at Christmases, because Christmases would keep passing by, I'm thinking, well, where, where's dad? You know, all I want is for him to come home at Christmas. And she'd keep looking at the stars, praying that dad would come home at Christmas. And you just can understand. She thought, what's wrong with me that daddy doesn't love me? Because daddy's left home, he hasn't come back. And if daddy loved me, he'd come back home. But it wasn't towards, you know, as she was getting older and later on, she finally found out it wasn't the fact that her dad didn't love her. He died before Christmas. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I yeah. just relate so much. Yeah, like part of my story like comes out. I, um, especially the mental health part. I I worked as a mental health therapist for seven years. Oh. So I understand like the helping and that you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just unbelievable because it's not always the most profitable. You know, it's not. But you you chose your path and you followed yes. it, and that's like unbelievable. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. I chose to get my life to be of service and I share all my natural talents helping people. So, you know, singing competitions I've been on, you know, like Britain's Got Talent, X Factor, I, you know, I've done quite a few of them. I'd be there helping people with their vocal training, how, how to sing on the breath. You know, on film set, someone would be in pain, I'm giving them Reiki, you know, so I'm always helping people. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Even um, I've taught choirs, sung in choirs, operatic choirs, studied opera, sing opera, you know, taught children choirs as well and also with the acting Baps and Falls and film sets you know I've just been on film sets um, recently and due to go back on film set in a couple of weeks I can't tell you unfortunately until it's like release with those but I was in the Sandman as an extra so that was quite exciting um, when they came to Dorset bless them so I, I just feel really humble and very blessed with my path and my life experiences and all the people that I'm able to help really we can all make a difference right I had one question you um, talk a lot about going home or being home and like it's really powerful because a home to some people they take for granted it's like you oh, know okay. just going home oh, no yeah. I, to you it just seems like it, it means so much more and I'm just wondering if it you does. can kind of talk it, about it that. Does. I mean, we was very blessed with our home because going back to when we was homeless, I was back with some forces spiritual church and I keep getting messages from my grandma Alice and my granddad Ernest in the realms of spirit. And they say, we're sorting it, keep going, keep going, keep going. I keep saying the prayers, keep bringing out the council and anything's coming available. And, you know, after, you know, a few months in obviously B&B, because it was January through to April. And out of the blue, when I went to church, the sort of last time before we got this good news, they said, we've sorted it. And I think, oh my God, what, what's gonna happen? Uh, and we had um, a letter, sort of, um, was, no, it wasn't a letter, sorry, it's a phone call, that was it. We got a phone call out of the blue from Hague Housing. And they said, a house has come available. And if you want to view it in the next couple of days between you and two other people, it's in Wimborne, in Dorset. So I, I thank God, I thank the angels, thank you so, so much, thank my grandparents, you know, and my spirit guides as well. And we rang up this number and the lady said, oh, I live next door, I'm the key holder, do you want to come see it today? So as you can imagine, it's like, oh, yes, 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 and going, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was just so grateful. But the spooky thing was, when I was 18 and I was on the back of my ex, um boyfriend's motorbike he took me down this beautiful country lane 
And I always used to say, I'd love to live in the country, walking distance to the town. And I remember going down this lane, which was called Cowgrove Road, and looking over at these beautiful houses down this private road, 10 houses in the street. And as I looked over, I thought, I'm going to live there one day. Only turned out to be the house that came available. So I was just like overjoyed. Wow, yeah. Like, wow, yes. Sort of, thank you so, so much. And it, it was amazing. But also when my husband was in the RAF just before he TVR'd, I remember going to spiritual church in Carterton and they had a lady there and she was blind and she used to do these sand readings. And basically everyone in the church would go up and they'd plonk their hands in the sand and then she would literally hold her hands over your handprint and then she'd link in. To your loved ones but how she would do the message was through poetry and when it was like my turn to sort of go up she like linked in and she said to me she said you're a very spiritual lady so with a heart of gold and you're going to help so many people you're a healer she said and because of this she said you're going to get rewarded on the earth pain you're going to be given a house so i said to my husband i said we're going to be given a house how amazing is that and then my husband PVR not long after that. And then we came down to Dorset and I saw another friend who was a medium called Tom Smith. And he's been known as Paddy. He's sadly crossed over now. So he links me from the Mount of Spirit. And Uncle Howie came through, which is my husband's uncle. And he said, you're going to get blessed. You're going to be given a house. He said, it's going to have literally some steps going up. Then you're going to have like a flat bit. And then it's going to turn around and go up. He says, but it's going to be around the corner from the fire station. He said, because your husband wants to be a retained fireman, doesn't he? He said, when he comes out of the area, because you're going to be homeless. You've got to be homeless to get this house. He said, I see you with your bags packed. You're standing on the streets. You're homeless. And it actually happened. And it, it also turned out that when we did get the house, and we were so blessed and eternally grateful. But Uncle Howie's buried in the cemetery opposite. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. How amazing is that? That is and so amazing. We would definitely be looked after. Not long after we moved in, we've got like fire alarms that are linked obviously to the mains and the fire alarm kept going off. And I'd sort of get out in onto the actual hallway and my husband say, why is that playing up? And I said, I don't know. So he got in and out of bed a couple of times, we both did. And all of a sudden I could see Uncle Harry and he was standing next to me. He was laughing his head off because he was messing around with it. And he said, <laughs> yeah. you have to get used to that bleeper going off all hours. He said, I'm just getting prepared. And he'd actually applied to be a retained fireman. And my friend Tom Smith said that he, my husband would get in through the back door. And he did get in through the back door. And actually, after that happened that night, my husband got spooked. And he said, will you tell him to pack it in? He said, I'm not going to have bed anymore. He said, I saw him. He said, that will scare me. And I'm going to get out of the house. I'm not going to come back in. I said, right, Uncle Harry, he's really scared now. So please stop it. Thank you so, so much. And then literally two weeks later, my husband got accepted into the retained. And um, we've been here, as I say, we've been truly blessed. So I'm eternally grateful that we were definitely blessed you know uh, and I thank God and the angels and the heavens above for our beautiful home and I've, the amount of people that have come into my home over the years thousands of people that I've helped uh, and I just feel eternally grateful and so blessed really. Hey Deborah so clearly I was kind of worried a little bit about uh, you know how, how this conversation is going to go and fortunately um, you are a talker so <laughs> <laughs> So that, stories, though. yeah, that helped. 
That helped us out a lot, but uh, we are getting to the end of uh, our limit here. So before we go, though, I want you to tell everybody where they can buy your records or your music at. All of my music music is available for digital music platforms on Deezer, on iTunes, on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play and Spotify. And you can also find me on the internet if you put Deborah Fanella, singer-songwriter, and also on my website, which is www.debrafanellasingersongwriter.co.uk. And you can find all my music there as well. And also my music's all on my website too, and on YouTube and on Discogs. I'm actually on there too. Okay. And we will put all those links in the description so everybody can go there and uh, find your stuff pretty easily. That was awesome. We could definitely spend a lot more time. Uh, We are getting ready to launch a YouTube channel here very soon. So, you know, maybe down the road here, that would be kind of cool to have you on that as well. And I don't want you to go anywhere. I'm going to kind of just sign us off here a little bit, but don't go anywhere until this is all over because we want to talk to you briefly. Okay. All right. Well, so with that said, this is going to be the wind down of our show. So I want to thank Deborah vanilla for being here with us so thank you very much yes thank you thank you and also uh, if you're wondering you can go to uh, our website uh, threefamousguys.com and uh, find out all this information as well and also in in the description that'll be in the description as well in the description will also be another link called backstage for the three famous guys and that's a place you can go and sign up and get special content that the average listener just can't get so we want to encourage you to do that and then stay tuned make sure you follow us on the on Spotify Apple Google whatever platform you use we're on all of them go ahead and follow us on there because we're going to be coming out with uh, three famous guys coffee here very soon so you'll want to uh, and you know the different flavors might have different names like jimmy the bull he likes his stuff that's it, it, like, like yeah it, it, his is like drinking mud i i don't know how he does it i mean um yeah that's terrible stuff but uh i'm not sure what nicole's might be or... throw some ice in jim's coffee and he'd, he'd have mine uh, for sure yeah yeah so so anyway you want to stay tuned for that and, and keep up on that so three famous guys coffee coming out soon so anyway we want to thank you all and uh my name is gus and i'm with uh, nicole and jim today or jim and nicole i guess jim's a famous guy uh nicole I, she's famous too we, yeah, but, uh, but anyway with that this gus jim and nicole and we're out of here thanks for checking out three famous guys be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode for more information or to try and uncover more about your mystifying hosts check them out online at www.3famousguys.com. That's www.3famousguys.com. We'll see you next time.